1: John chapter 6 tonight, Uh, John chapter 6, this is an action-packed chapter, Uh, this is a big chapter in the Bible, there there is a lot going on here in this chapter, and uh, we won't read the entire chapter, but we're going to kind of preach through the whole thing, Uh, don't be scared, I told you I'll be quick, All right, Um, but we're going to read just a few verses, we're going to skip around a little bit, Uh, but this is a big chapter, a lot going on here, a lot happening. Uh, in, uh, in this chapter, but what I love about this chapter is it's all about Jesus, and uh, that's what the Bible's all about, right? The, the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is all about Jesus, and this chapter right here is full of Jesus. So let's read a few verses here, and then we're going to take out some truths from it, and uh, we'll be on our way tonight. Uh, verse number one of chapter six says, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them, that were diseased. Now let's skip down, uh, let's see, let's skip down to verse number 10. And Jesus said, make them sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Skip down to verse number 22. The Bible says, The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one whereinto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone, howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias, Nine to the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? So these verses that we just read a while back, I was reading through this story, and obviously this story is all about Jesus. Jesus. Or this chapter is all about Jesus. Jesus in this chapter feeds the multitude. Jesus in this chapter uh, walks on water. In this chapter, he preaches uh, through several verses that we did not read to the end of the chapter. It's all about Jesus, but as I was reading this chapter, I couldn't help but notice another group of people. I couldn't help but notice the multitude that is from the very beginning of this chapter all the way to the end. And as I thought about this multitude in this chapter, I thought, you know, there's a lot of similarities to the church today and this group of people. There are a lot of similarities between uh, this group of people and sometimes my Christian life. I got to thinking about uh, this multitude, and and uh, we'll, we'll get to the rest of the chapter here in a minute, and it's really just Jesus preaching to this multitude. But before we get to... Um, the negative part about this, mul- this multitude, let's look at some of the positive things they did. You know, if you're going to talk bad about somebody, uh, you give something good first, right? Like, uh, Andrew, he's a nice guy. But, uh, so that's what we're going to do tonight with, with the multitude. There's a few things that they did well. Uh, verse number two, we see that they followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. Uh, that'd be a good thing for us to do, Right? To follow Jesus. We live in a world where people are going all different directions. And even Christians are a little bit confused on which way to go. Churches can be a little bit confused on which way to go. And I think it would do us all well if we just followed Jesus. The Bible says that they followed Jesus because they saw his miracles. They followed because they saw. We see that uh, in verse number 12, we see that they were fed because they sat down. They were fed because they stopped what they were doing, and they sat down. Jesus told them to sit down, and they they stopped what they were doing, and Jesus fed them. You know, I haven't been here very long. I've only been here a week, but I've noticed something about Tabernacle. And I remember this when I was here last time, and it's something that I love about Tabernacle, but you've got a lot going on here, right? There's a lot going on here, and that's good. That's the way it's supposed to be. But if we're not careful, sometimes we'll forget to sit down. If we're not careful, sometimes we'll forget to sit down and allow the Lord to feed us. That's what this multitude, that's what they did. Wouldn't you hate to be the guy that when Jesus said to sit down, that he was going to feed them, wouldn't you hate to be the guy that, that was too busy to sit down and he kept going? Then the next day you hear about what Jesus did there. Wouldn't you hate to be that person? No, I'm not going to, maybe, maybe next time I'm going to keep on going. i got somewhere to be, i got something to do. This multitude, they followed because they saw they were fed because they sat down. And then in verse number 25, let's read that verse. It says, and when they had found Him, then they found Jesus. They found Him because they searched for Him. Some of us haven't experienced Jesus working in your life or the Lord working in your life or the Holy Spirit working in your life because you're not searching for it. Someone said you're as close to the Lord as you want to be. And some of us aren't experiencing these things. We're not uh, maybe seeing God answering our prayers because we're not searching for it. We're not looking for Jesus. And I believe the Bible teaches that if we look for him, we will find him. Jesus is not playing hide and go seek here with the people, right? And the the Lord is not trying to dodge us. As we look for him and we search him out, the Bible tells us that we will find him. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight is... Is how they found him, but they found something that I don't think they really wanted. They found Jesus here, and, and they they asked Jesus this question, like, How did you get over here? And, and they're looking for an answer, but Jesus doesn't answer their question like they want him to answer their question. He didn't tell them how he got over there, but he told them why they were here. He 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 pointed out their motives. They had carnal motives. They had the wrong motives as to why they were seeking out Jesus. I have at the top of this uh, chapter in my Bible, keep the main thing the main thing. And this multitude in this chapter, they got a little sidetracked. They got a little bit off course because they didn't keep the main thing the main thing. And I, I believe in our Christian life, we can be so busy with other things that we forget why we do what we do. Why are you at church tonight? Why do you get up every morning? Why do, you, why do you do the things that you do? We need to keep the main thing the main thing. You see, this multitude, they were enamored with the miracles. They, they were enamored with, with what Jesus could give them instead of just being in awe of who Jesus was. You see, they wanted the blessings without the relationship with the blesser. Right? They wanted, they wanted the miracles without the relationship with the Messiah. They were seeking something, they were seeking something from Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He preaches to them. It amazes me how many Christians want to want to walk with the Lord and they want to stay on the right path, and they want to do what's right, but they don't want to come to church. because the preacher preaches too much. Or how many, how many teenagers, they, they want to get rid of this sin or they want to do what God wants them to do or they want peace or assurance of their salvation, but they don't want to read their Bible. And I had many teenagers come to me with problems and with things and with questions, as I'm sure you have, Brother Dan. And my first question to them is always, have you been reading your Bible? And a lot of times it's, well, it's been a month or so. So, well, I can't help you. I can't help you until you help yourself. I can't help you any more than the Word of God can. But this multitude, they were looking for something. They were, they were, looking, for the, they were looking for to be entertained. They were looking to see something amazing. And it, it reminds me of back in Exodus chapter 33, and God told Moses, He said, He says, Moses, you'll you'll be allowed to go into the promised land. I'm going to send you over into the promised land. Everything will be fine and I'm going to send an angel with you. And I'm going to send this angel with you, and he'll even drive out all of your enemies, and he'll, he'll take care of everything for you. And it sounds good, right? It sounds you know, it sounds like something we might would want. Like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. But Moses told God in a nutshell, he says, if you're not going, I'm not going. You see, Moses was faced with this uh, proposition of, of being able... to to go where God wanted him to go, but without the Lord. Now, I wonder how many Christians today would, would take God up on that offer, sadly. You say, well, you mean I get the blessings of God and even the power of God and the protection of God, and I don't have to worry about maintaining a relationship with him? That sounds pretty good. Right? No, that's not what Moses says. He says, God, if you're not going, I'm not going. Why? Because Moses wasn't concerned with the things that God could do. He just wanted to be with God. And I think in our Christian life, and I'm even convicted, even as I preach about how much I pray for things. And they may be good things. They may be things that, that God can bless me with. Lord, bless this or bless that, and we pray that often. But how many times in our Christian life do we want the things that God can give rather than just, we just want to be with God? And as Christians, we must get back to this place of, of, Lord, I just want to be with you. And God can provide everything that that we need, and He can provide even a lot of our wants. That's not what it's about. It's not just about the blessings. It's about God. It's about Him. It's about Jesus and this multitude This multitude, they they, they came to Jesus and they said, Rabbi, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Right, so we find this multitude, and I want to talk about this multitude for just a couple minutes. And why why some people seek Jesus and why some people don't. How to keep the main thing the main thing. This multitude, they lost sight of, of what was going on, of who was standing right in front of them. And sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get caught up with things and and doing things and, and, and maybe even serving God, but we'll forget that He is right here with us. And we'll miss His presence. The first thing that I see is some serve for the wrong things. Look in verse number 27. This is Jesus. He's preaching now. The Bible says four different times throughout the rest of this chapter, verily, 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 he's preaching to this multitude. They came looking for a miracle and they got a message from Jesus, right? So he says in verse 27, he says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. The first thing I see in this multitude is that some people serve for the wrong thing. Some people serve for this perishing, uh, perishing meat, this meat that... Uh, that only lasts for a little while. The crowd was more concerned with their stomachs than they were with their souls. They just wanted to be fed again. They just wanted that, the, 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 the temporary bread. And we'll see in just a little while that they start talking about uh, the children of Israel and how God fed them manna. And Jesus is standing before them. He's standing right in front of them. And he's saying, God, the, he provided that manna for the children of Israel, for your fathers, but the bread of life is standing in front of you. I am the bread of life. I am here. I can provide you with the meat that never perishes. I am the bread of life. I am the eternal life that you're looking for. And it's like the people just, you know, right over their heads. They never saw it. Man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that Christian who I, who, who I just continually work for something just for temporary purposes, that perishing meat We're not seeking Jesus because we're too busy working for the meat which perisheth. When God does not answer our requests and meet our needs, we stop our pursuit. That perishing meat, they they, they worked for the perishing meat because they had prideful motives. Whose work is it that you're doing? Is it all about you? Or is it about God? Those of you that serve or that work, and I believe I, uh, you know, I'm speaking to the Wednesday night crowd. I, I understand who I'm speaking to tonight—not just the Wednesday night crowd, but the Wednesday night crowd where the pastor's out of town, right? And so, most of you here, you you work or you serve or you do something for God, and we must be careful. We must be careful that we don't have the prideful motives. Matthew, chapter six, verse five says, "And when thou pray." Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Then later, in verse 19 or 20, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Some of us, if we serve, we just need to make sure people see us serving. Sometimes we won't do things unless someone knows that we're doing it. And we all like to get credit for something, right? We like, to, we like for people to see us doing something. And that was this multitude. They, they had prideful motives. Jesus knew the motives of the multitude were prideful. They tried to cover it up with this righteous speak, didn't they? they rabbi, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? he says, I can see right through it. And listen, the Lord can. He can see right through it. Number two, number two, we see that some are stuck in the past, all right? I'm going to give you these last couple quick. Look at verse 32. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Some are stuck in the past. Why are we not seeking after Jesus like we ought to? Why are we not? Keeping the main thing, the main thing in our Christian life. Well, some are serving for the wrong things, and some are stuck in the past. Some are some are stuck on the past miracles of God, and, and I am very thankful for what God has done. I am very thankful for uh, the revivals that uh, that we've had in history. I was reading about a revival uh, this morning, an old revival, and about prayer and and how that revival came and. And different things and I love reading about those things and learning about them and I'm thankful that God uh, provided manna for our fathers uh, in the wilderness and I'm thankful that we have God's word and we have the past miracles but some of us aren't seeking after Jesus anymore because we can't get past the past some of us are stuck Stuck in the past. Some of us are, are, are looking back instead of looking forward. I think about Nehemiah. Remember, Nehemiah standing up, uh, begins to build the wall, the wall of uh, Jerusalem. The Bible says it also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And he could have said, oh, man, this, was, this used to be so great. This used to be wonderful. Uh, God used to work here. God used to, to meet with his people here. This used to be a great city with big walls, and, and, and this used to be wonderful. and No, he didn't do that. He said, we're going to start building. We're going to move forward. This can be something even greater. This can, yes, I, I'm glad that God worked in the past. I'm glad that God used to do this, but I want God to do something now. And as God's people, that's what we must do. We must look forward and ask God to do something today. I'm so glad that we have the past miracles But I don't want the past miracles to fog the view of the present message that we have. And that's what this multitude couldn't see. They couldn't see that Jesus, the bread of life, was literally standing in front of them. And they couldn't get past the past. Some are stuck in the past. So think about our salvation. I am thankful for my salvation, and I hope that you are too. I'm thankful that God saved me. By faith, I trusted God. In the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but I think some people are stuck on their salvation. I'm not scared. Some of you, all right? Let me explain. I I, I have worked with teenagers uh, just for three years—not long—but just in my short time working with teenagers, I had several teenagers that that have come to me asking for help and. Uh, with, their, with their Christian life, and they, say, they may be saying, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, I'm struggling with my salvation. And there were teenagers that could not grow spiritually because they could not get assurance of their salvation. They couldn't take another step in their Christian life because they're, they're stuck on their salvation. And after meeting with, with, with several of them many times, I, I finally just said, listen, Listen, you've got to do something in your Christian life that requires faith. The only thing that you have right now that you're looking back to is your salvation. You've got to do something else that requires faith. Something else to make you see, to make you get past your salvation. Listen, I'm not saying get over your salvation by any means. Uh, I try and thank God for my salvation every day, okay? But I'm saying we must grow as Christians. Some of us aren't aren't seeking after Jesus like we're supposed to or keeping the main thing the main thing because we're stuck. We're stuck and we haven't grown from our salvation. Listen, just like babies are born into this world and then they grow, we too as Christians must grow. Right? So some are stuck in the past. Some are serving the wrong things. Number three, some strive among themselves. Look at verse number 52. The Bible says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves. Some of us aren't seeking Jesus because we're we're fighting one with another. We're we're worried too much about what someone else is worried about, right? That we we take our eyes off of Jesus, the main thing. Some are striving among themselves or preoccupied with the multitude. We're too busy looking around us at what other people are doing and what other people are talking about, whether that be Uh, in real life, or in social media, or whatever the case may be, we're preoccupied with what's going on around us. I think about Joseph, back in the book of Genesis, and his brothers are about to go back home and get their father and bring him back, and then he says, be sure that you fall not out by the way. He says, be sure that you don't get sidetracked Because you've got to come back to me. Be sure that as you leave, you have a a message to take to our Father and bring back. Make sure that you don't get distracted with things going on around you. And my challenge for you tonight is be sure that you don't get distracted with what other people are doing. Other people, are. it can be discouraging. It can be misleading. Okay, so let's not be preoccupied with the multitude. When we are, there's a there's always a pause in our movement. It hinders growth, right? When we're, when we're looking at what other, everyone else is doing and we're concerned with what other people are doing it, it causes us to it stunts our growth, right And there's a pause in our movement. And then the last thing, and I'll be finished. Amen. I'm going to look, look at a couple verses here. Look at verse number 36. It says, "But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not." Look in verse number 49. It says, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Look in verse 64. But there are some of you that believe not. Some are not seeking after Jesus because some see and believe not. Some see and believe not. And that's the case because we're so physically minded. Everything is, is, is physical. We can't get past the, 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 the physical things of this world and see the spiritual things. We have worldly thinking. God is working all around you, but you're missing it. You see other people serving and worshiping and, and, and receiving something, and you're, you're missing it. We often get too busy with a worldly pursuit that we miss the heavenly vision. Don't be the one tonight who's present, who's here, who's who's serving, who's working, who's attending, but you miss Jesus. This multitude, this multitude, they they did some good things. They did some things that we ought to do. They they followed, and they they finally sat down, and they were fed, and they found Jesus. But after they, they met Jesus, they discovered some things about themselves that they already knew deep down, but Jesus kind of brought out. He brought out their motives. And, and so this multitude, they were, they were seeking after Jesus, or so they thought, but they, didn't, they weren't given what, what they wanted to be given. They weren't given the, the physical things or, or, or the bread that they thought they wanted. They were, they were giving something much more. They were given something much better, much deeper and it was just Jesus. He was standing right in front of them. Listen, tonight, I, I don't know what you're going through. I, I don't know what you're facing, um, but I know I know a couple of things. I know one thing is everyone is busy, right? Everyone has something going on, and then I also know that everyone is facing something. Uh, you, you're going through something that uh, that that I have no idea of. I'm going through something that you have no idea of. I think about uh, the the families. The, I forgot to mention it to you tonight, but the the shooting that happened in Charlotte yesterday. And uh, I I know there there may be more, but the numbers that I heard was that there was two dead and four injured, just yesterday, just in U uh, N C Charlotte. And I think, you know, everybody's going through something. I don't know, uh, you know, if those families know the Lord or uh, I'm sure, you know, it affected uh, some Christians in one way or another and if they went to church or, or what the deal is. But everybody's facing something. This multitude that came to Jesus, they were all facing something and they were faced that day, face to face with Jesus Christ with the bread of life. When you come to church tonight, I don't know what you were looking for. Some of you certainly are looking for a word from God, some encouragement, some challenge. But you're faced tonight with Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Jesus Christ Himself is is here tonight. The, The Holy Spirit is here tonight, and He can help you with whatever you're going through. He knows what you're going through, and He can help you with what you're going through. It's so challenging to me as I think, man, God knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm going to face tomorrow, and He knows how to get through it. And He's the only one that has the strength to get through it. And sometimes I just forget. Or sometimes I just get sidetracked. Or sometimes, most of the time, try and just do it on my own. What a shame. Jesus Christ is standing in front of the multitude I'm standing in front of you. I am the bread of life. I know you want this bread, this manna that God provided for your fathers, but I have something even greater for you. Listen, I know that God has done things in the past. I know that God has worked in the past. I know that God has moved in the past, but the Lord is standing here tonight and He's saying, I'm here in front of you tonight. The bread of life is here in front of you tonight and what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with Jesus? Right, I told you I'd get you out of here early tonight, and I'm finished. And I hope I was an encouragement to you. Again, I don't know what you came looking for. I don't know what you're going through. What, what you, I know some of you are hurting and you're facing things, but Jesus can take care of it.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link Provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.